Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. My name's Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one, yes. Yes, yes, I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB 4 cam... You would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet robes would part. I don't have one here. However, I do have one in the warehouse. Superb. What else do you have in the warehouse? Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hi, this is Jay Leno and you're listening to my favorite, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. Hey, uh, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Find your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can check out our podcast. It's also located on our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, under Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And be sure and like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Chris. How you doing? Doing fantastic. It's like the dawn of a new day in here. It is it. Dawn of a new era. Well, that's because I was gone for a week and now I'm back in <laughs> in sunny Florida. You know what? I was just out in my hometown and state of California. I get off the airplane this morning at ten twenty, I don't know, like ten thirty. And as soon as I walk through the little gangway thing, BAM I get killed and slaughtered by humidity. See, it oh. doesn't exist out there. I was like, TSA got you already? No, no, no. What even TSA? It was humidity. No, not TSA. They got me in San Francisco. But uh, no, it, uh, it's, um, it's good to be back home because it's home, but it's, it's Florida, you know? Actually, you know, it's pretty. It's green here. You know, out west, it's kind of dry. They've had a drought here for the last couple of years. But I got to tell you, the weather was absolutely excellent. It was perfect because we had no air conditioning. We didn't need air conditioning. It's cool in the mornings, cool in the evenings, warm in the daytime. Driving around with the windows open, going to bed at night with the windows open. In fact, it kind of got a little cool there. It does get a little chilly, but it was a lot of fun. So let me tell you about what was going on next week or last week. Monterey Car Week. You guys hear me talking about this all the time. And many, many, many times on the show, I say there's four events a year that you have to go see. First one, the kickoff is Scottsdale, which is Barrett-Jackson, Gooding, RM, Russo and Steele, Bonhams. It's just the Scottsdale Car Week. And of course, now they have the uh, what they call the Arizona Concourse. Pretty cool stuff. And then, of course, uh, in March, 
we have uh, Amelia Island. Okay, that's uh, Bill Warner's thing. That's concourse auctions. You've got uh, Hollywood car auctions. You've got RM there. You've got Goodings there. And then, of course, you have Festivals of Speed. Great, great, great event. And then in the fall, or excuse me, in the summertime in August, you always have, which has been a tradition for, it seems like, a million years, is Monterey Car Week. It really started out just as uh, some road racing and uh, a really nice car show uh, on the back lawn at Pebble Beach overlooking Monterey Bay. But it has evolved into more than that. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. And then, of course, in the fall, in uh, November, we have SEMA, which is in Las Vegas, which is a special equipment marketing association. But back to Monterey. I flew in last Sunday. And Monday, big shout-out to my friends, uh, Art, because he's a friend of mine who lives up there in Santa Rosa, and we hang out together. He's a car guy, just like I am. And he's pretty well-connected. He knows a lot of the... He knows yeah, all the, how about that? Yeah. He knows where all the crooks and crannies are, where all these cool cars are. And, of course, you guys know that I'm a junkyard guy. And I cannot pass up a... I use car or part if it's if it's something I think I can do a deal. And again, you hear me say this hundreds, hundreds, thousands of times. I repeat this on the show that cars out west are the best. In fact, who coined that phrase? It was uh, Jeff Allen from uh, the Car Chasers. He said that uh, if it's from out west, it's the best. And there's tr- there's there's so much truth to that. The cars have no rust. I was in this junkyard, Chris. I know you're not a car guy, but anyway, so my buddy Art took me to this junkyard, and it's owned by a, a guy that I met a couple of years ago. His name's Larry. Shout out to Larry. Larry, cool dude. And um, so we're wandering around in this junkyard. He's got mostly foreign stuff and some American stuff. But where, uh, are, you, where are you now? This is in Santa Rosa, which, okay. which is about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. Sure. Just before you get into Mendocino uh, on the way to Sacramento. And uh, so we're in this junkyard, and this is the usual stuff. But what happens is we had to move some stuff, and he takes me in this back room. Next thing I'm wandering around in this back room, and I see all this vintage stuff. There was some stuff in there he wasn't 100% sure he had because this stuff got thrown back in there years and years and years ago, and they forgot about it. And those are always the best deals. In there was a perfect 65, 66 Mustang, rust-free door. I even took pictures of it. Rust. When I say rust-free, the seams, the lips, everything, perfect. Rust-free. Okay. Then he had a 1967, 68, 69 Firebird hood sitting there. Rust-free, off a car, amazing. He had a set of fenders off an E-Type Jag, a Series 1, or Series 2. Rust-free, no rust. He had five Porsche doors. Of course, I'm into vintage Porsches and stuff, but these were 911 doors. And he had a 65, 66, 67s, and 68, 69, 70. They are different. And uh, doors, rust-free. So I tried to make him a deal on it, but I wasn't able to do that because the, the actually I could buy the parts cheap, reasonable, but I couldn't get them here reasonable. That's the problem. Sure. Of course, all my friends uh, were all down in Monterey. Now, we're from Monterey to Santa Rosa is about a three-and-a-half hour drive okay that's if you drive the speed limit which in Cali- nobody does in those cars. no actually <laughs> believe it or not in california johnny law you know the the chips uh, california highway patrol are really really tight i mean a couple of years ago i was uh, there's a you cannot use a cell phone in california you've got to, when you go to the rental car agency they sync your phone for you course i didn't have enough time because I, I got in real late it was like two o'clock in the morning so i didn't sink the only thing i was concerned with is i had serious radio because i listened to uh sure. 21 underground garage which uh which is a uh, little stevie's underground garage and that's did what you i just li- plugged serious xm radio <laughs> that's all i did i just played ser- i mean i didn't listen to anything else that's all i listened to and um but anyway so uh, a couple years ago when i was out there i was kind of looking for directions so i pulled over the on the side of 101, which is just leaving the airport on the way to San Francisco. The next thing I know, a chips pulls me over, pulls up behind me. And I'm leaning over like I'm slumped over in the front seat, like I look like I'm probably shot or something like that, which is also not uncommon, but not in our area. Not, if, if I was in Oakland, it would be a common occurrence. But in San Francisco, you don't get shot. So the cop pulls up beside me, gets out of his car, and asks me what I'm doing. I said, well, I'm, I'm, so I'm not driving and texting or looking at a map or a computer. I'm on the phone, pulled over along the side of the road in what I thought was a safe mode. And then he went on to inform me that that was against the law and he could write me a violation, a citation for that. So I said, well, then what do I do? He says, you pull up to the next off-ramp and you get off there. And I said, all right, fine. I didn't want to argue with him. So, so wait, you had your phone pulled over on the side of the road in I was your off, hand. In, but, right. But I, you're not allowed to pull over on the side of the road. You cannot park unless you're involved in an accident or unless you're dead. You don't pull over on the side of the road. You're not even allowed to stop and help anybody on the side of the road. So over if he there. puts his blue lights on behind you, you have to keep driving until you get to the next exit? That's exactly right. And then they'll bag you. So no wonder why OJ kept going. 
He was trying to get to an exit. <laughs> yeah, a whole different right. light on the, the whole that's investigation. It. You solved the mystery, OJ Chris. couldn't find the exit. Of course he ran out of gas. That's what. And he Jeez. couldn't pull over either. Because no, if he, he would have, he, he would have got to get a ticket. That's right. He was, he was innocent. He was innocent. He was <laughs> if the glove don't fit, must have quit, you know? <laughs> or you're all full of something. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, needless to say, um, back to my junkyard story. <laughs> So while I was there, Art and I were buzzing around. We went to this other guy. His name's Lowell. Big shout out to Lowell. Lowell had a bunch of, I'm in the 356 Porsche, so we were, and, and Volkswagen and stuff. So we were pillaging his little place. Then we went to this other guy. His name was Joel. He's got a, a Volkswagen Porsche place, and we were pillaging his place a little bit. Well, but what was interesting is none of these guys would sell me anything because they go, well, we can get a lot more. See, because I'm a dealer, so they didn't want to sell, they didn't want to wholesale anything to me. Even if I made them a package deal, a bundle deal, couldn't do it. They'll get more from somebody else. They'll get more from somebody else, right. right. And then the thing I hate to hear, if you're a Volkswagen guy, you're very familiar with the Samba. The Samba is kind of like uh, like eBay exclusively for Volkswagen, VWE guys. It's called the Samba, S-A-M-B-A. And if you want anything and everything there is to do with a Volkswagen, whether it's a bug, whether it's a, a Gia, whether it's a, a bus, um, you go to the Samba. There's a, there's a plug for the Samba. This is an event? No, no, it's like a website. It's okay. called the Samba. And the Samba is actually nicknamed for early 50s Volkswagen bus. And the reason be because it's, it's, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's called the Samba Doors. And there's, and I don't know why it's got that name, but that's kind of something to do with the bus. But so, so they got the website called the Samba. One of the other websites, while we're on the subject of websites, that I, uh, that I frequently visit is called Bring a Trailer. And Bring a Trailer is is based out of San Francisco, and it is really cool cars. you got to check out Bring a Trailer. It's a great website. But every time they come up with really cool cars, whether it's a foreign car, whether it's a domestic car, whether it's a classic car, a vintage car, they got some pretty cool stuff. And guess what? All the cars are California, Arizona, Nevada. And believe it or not, Oregon and Washington, the cars don't rust either. I mean, they're pretty solid cars up in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. And Utah, uh, if they're not too close to Salt Lake City, and they haven't been driven into Salt Lake or anything like that. But uh, the only cars that are really bad are the ones that are really, really, really close to the shoreline. If they're like on the shoreline on one US one that is, you know, PCH Pacific Coast Highway, those cars might have some rust issues. But everything a little bit on the inland is just pretty clean stuff. We also went to a junkyard while we were in uh, in Emeryville, which is right next to Oakland, and. Um, they're actually, I didn't even know it. I was whipping around the corner there, and I ran into two places I read about all the time. One's called Fantasy Junction. They deal in Highline Exotics, and the other one is uh, Pixar. Everybody knows about Pixar. Uh, they're based out of Emeryville. And, uh, of course, you couldn't get in there because it's totally gated, and you got to have, you know, super credentials to get into that place. But I was visiting uh, a guy that I've talked to a number of times on the phone, and his name is Jim, and he runs a salvage yard out there called uh, European Salvage Yard. So it's called Easy. So while I was in there, you know, jaw jacking with him for a while he had some pretty cool stuff but i couldn't buy anything from him either i i scored zero zero but i found some really cool stuff now what i did find is i was cruising the alleys and that's one of my favorite pastimes is just go up and down the streets and alleys and i was just in overwhelmed with the cool stuff i found a factory 383 four speed 70 cuda nice car rust free not a speck of rust on this car motors out of it trainees out of it it's being rebuilt right now as we speak guy wanted 15 grand is that a bad price? Mm, I don't know. You know, it's, these are cars you saw on the road. These are cars in either backyards okay. or not in, actually. You didn't actually see them. Oh, on the road, it's right. an everyday occurrence to see a '68 Roadrunner or see a Super B or see a Mustang or see an old vintage Jaguar or Porsche. These cars run around there day in day out like it's nothing. And there and I have pictures of it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to upload those on my uh, Facebook page. The, as you're driving down the road, they're just sitting there. When I was in Emeryville, there was a '63 Lincoln. Uh, Continental, four-door Continental, sitting alongside the road, just, you know, one hubcap missing, three hubcaps on the car, tops down, windows up, sitting alongside of the road. They think nothing of it. It's just rust-free, clean, solid cars. You go down the road, make a left turn, there's a 72 Chevrolet. You go down the road, you find a 1968 Mustang. You go down the road, you find a 58 Studebaker sitting, the guy's driving around. I make another current turn, there's a guy driving a 62 uh, Studebaker Avanti Series 2. You know, I mean, this stuff's just everywhere. Volkswagens, Volkswagens are bugs. Early 60s, mid 60s, early 70s Volkswagens, everywhere. Buses, everywhere. I mean, it's just, you know, well, of course, San Francisco is kind of like a mecca for Volkswagens anyway, because for some reason there's just like a billion of them there, and they must breed. I don't know what it is, but they're all revived. So anywhere in the Bay Area, they're all over the place. But um, 
pretty cool stuff. Really, really cool cars out there. And you know what? I'm still trying to figure out a way to create this, what I call a California-Florida connection. Because what I want to do is if I can get the guys here in Florida to realize, pay up for a rust-free car. Really, it's worth it. Because when you get a car that's got original sheet metal, original floors, when when I come along, because I do appraisals, okay? So if you're calling me at Gulfstream Motorsports to appraise your car and it's a rust-free original survivor-conditioned car, that's a premium over a car that's had floors put in it, quarter panels put in it, repo fenders, repo doors, repo this, that, everything else. Repo sheet metal stinks, okay? To put it politely. In fact, if you, if any of you guys listen to the, or watch the TV show, uh, our good friend Wayne Carini, who's been on our show a number of times, um, he goes to Monterey every year, and there's this car. You can Google this. You can Google this if you want to, Chris. There's a car lot uh, down there in Monterey, right off Del Monte Avenue, when you when you come in off our one, and it's called Dodi's, D-O-D-I, apostrophe S, okay? Now, he's been on Wayne Carini's show a number of times. In fact, he's become a regular. They were filming the other night when we were there, but unfortunately, we missed it because we got... Me, I shouldn't blame anybody else. Me, I got the jaw jack and, and missed the opportunity to go down there because we were actually kind of scheduled to kind of hang out and watch. There's so we're filming uh, one of uh, Wayne Carini's Chasing Car episodes, but they, they did it at, at Doty's place. And Doty's got, if you look at his website, the website looks like, wow, he's got these spectacular cars. It's a real fancy schmancy website. But when you get to Doty's, it looks like he's got rolling it's a rolling salvage yard. It really is. I mean, he had 912. He had five 912s there. He had a couple of 356s. He had a 190 SL. He had his old 319 uh, early 60s uh, Mercedes bus. He had uh, an MGA there. He had uh, a 914. He had an old Jaguar, a Mark 9, a 108 series, 280 SE. And the reason I'm focusing on foreign cars is because that's pretty much what the, the what the market is right now. But he did have one car there that was absolutely exceptional. And he did have exactly what I'm describing to you guys. And that is he had a 65, actually a 64 and a half Mustang. It was a May 19th production 65, which would be 64 and a half Mustang Coupe. It was originally a springtime yellow car. It had the original correct hood on it. It had the correct... Uh, the headlight door assembly because they're beveled on a 64 and a half cars although that was on the left side the driver's side had a little tap so that one was replaced with a later one and most people don't know that there's little differences in a 64 and a half and 65 car seatbelt brackets uh, window cranks are different uh, I think one of them's clip on and one screws on little things like that subtle changes so you have to kind of know the car but this car was straight when you open and close the door it was this as if it rolled off the assembly line in 1964 and a half it was a Michigan-built car because I don't know if they fired up the San Jose production plant that early. I think they, they started a little bit later in 65. So this was a Michigan-built car, but it was no, no, no rust on that car. Original floors, original doors, original lips, original pinch wells. Everything on the car was correct. Dodie was asking ten grand for the car. And quite frankly, if you were an end user, ten grand on a plain Jane 64.5 Mustang F-Code, which is a you know, generator, 289 car you know because the the 65 up cars had alternators 64 they're still using generators on cars and uh so this was the correct motor car just a 289 two barrel and it was just solid no rust in the lips no rust in the quarters no rust in the frame rails just really 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 good car hey chris what do we got on the turntable anything cool we got some stuff you're talking about volkswagens he's got a 68 and a 78 who does in his inventory right now oh Oh, Doty. yeah oh yeah I saw those things. I actually, you know what he got? The 68, is it blue? The 68, su- uh, white. It's a white drop top. Okay. Oh, that's right. That was and a convertible. And then the 78, red. He's got an 87, 911. And then a 68, Mercedes-Benz 220. 220. I don't see that one there. Um, that might have been around the corner. But the, he had one Mercedes, or one Volkswagen there, which was a, like a 70, 68, 69. Somebody had hacked out the back, and they put a 55 split window in the back. And 57 is the first year for a Oval. I think they did that 56, 57. Maybe that's what it was. But anything prior to 55 would be a split. That's when you hear the term, I got a split window um, bug. That's what they refer to. And then they grafted a slider into it. So what they did is they took a, a later model Volkswagen and grafted a slider roof on it, which is which was made by Wabasto back in the day. And then they grafted the um, the split uh, back window. In. So it had kind of a retro look. It was a pretty cool piece. But he wanted a, a fortune for that. And the funny part about Doty is, is I go in there and I try to haggle with him because I always get license plate frames from him. Because he always gets these cars and they've got like, you know, Carmel by the Sea, Pebble Beach, uh, Monterey Porsche or Monterey Jaguar or something like that. And what's funny is Wayne Carini's into that kind of stuff, too. And last year when I was there, I pulled up. I got there early, and there's this 911 out front, and it's got uh, 
Pebble Beach license plate frames on it. So I wanted them, but, but Doty wasn't there yet. So the guy says, we'll come back later. In the meantime, I came back in the afternoon. Karini had been there in the afternoon, beat me there, got the <laughs> got the license plate frames. I saw Wayne later. I said, hey, you got those license plate on the corner waiting for you to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, uh, Doty said you got those license plate frames. I'd, I'd like to get one from you. He goes, well, I don't know. They're somewhere. I'll, I'll think about it. Anyway, hey, while we're on the subject about San Francisco Bay Area, Monterey, and all that cool stuff up there, let's play this cool old 60s song by the animals. It's called San Francisco Nights. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Stick around. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Got more stories for you. And a guest. On a warm San Francisco night. Old angels, young angels, feel all right. On a warm San Francisco night. I wasn't born there. Perhaps I'll die there. San Francisco This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That's right. We're back, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And that was our good friend Rick Cole. Matter of fact, we were at his auction. Let me give you a rundown of how Monterey works, okay? Uh, outside of the fact that uh, I go left and I go right and I go off tangent all the time because that's my my thing because I kind of freestyle it, as they say. But uh, Tuesday morning, what happens is they have what they call the Concourse on the Ave. And uh, you can Google the website, um, Monterey Car Week, I guess is what it is. And there's a whole schedule of events there. So our good friend Doug Friedman puts this uh, event on, and it it's the kickoff party. And the best of the best and the coolest cars, and you just never know who's going to be there. For example, Jay Lennon was walking around. Jackie Stewart was walking around. Alan Decadne, who's been a guest on our show. Of course, Joe, so is Jay Leno. Uh, Sterling Moss, and just a whole host of other people. Adam Carolla was walking around there. 
And it's just a really, really cool car show. So what they do is they block off Ocean Avenue all the way down to uh, a block or two from the shoreline, from the beach. And it's just filled with cars, Ferraris, Porsches, Lamborghinis, Maseratis, vintage race cars, Corvettes, Mustangs, Shelbys, Bosses, Camaros, Z28s, Jaguars, Heelys, even cars I've never seen of, heard of, don't know much about, can't even pronounce their names. Just really interesting stuff. Limited production, one-offs. You name it, it's all there. And uh, what's really cool is they've been doing this for a number of years. And it goes back to, I think, five or six that he's uh, been doing this event, or seven, I'm not sure. And uh, what the best part about it is, as I mentioned, the vintage race cars. What they actually do is around lunchtime, all the race cars get a police escort from Laguna Seca, which is about 20 miles away. And they come into the town, they come into the back streets, back streets there. And when they get into town... All you hear is because of the, the the one street over from Ocean Avenue is where the fire station is, and there's a couple of hotels and motels there, or motels rather, and uh, it just echoes. So it just everybody just stops and just they're like in awe because these cars just come in here, bah, 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 just like our little sound effects there. In fact, that's a sound effect from Laguna Seca last year while I was in the pits at the racetrack. But anyway, so then. Uh, the, the guys from the, that are doing the vintage racing at Laguna Seca, they're there on Saturday or Sunday already because they're doing their, they have like their little kickoff party. So it's a week-long event for the Laguna, the Laguna Seca racers. But they come to all the events. So then on Wednesday, what a lot of people do is they have a memorabilia show at the Embassy, Embassy Suites. There's a little, what they call the little car show, which is like micro cars, like Izettas and, and little Fiats and, and, and Volkswagens and, and whatever else might show up there. Just these funny little one-off cars and stuff, plus motorcycles. It's cool, and it's right in downtown Monterey, just two blocks up from uh, Cannery Row. That's a lot of fun. The next day, they have a little thing going on at Pacific Grove. is another little car show. Then they, then the auctions start. Then Because all the auctions are open, so you can preview. So they've got Gooding, which is our really good friends over there. That's David Gooding and Janelle and all those people. And then they have uh, Russo and Steel. That's our other good friend, Drew Alcazar. He's got his auction there. Bonhams has their auction there. Uh, Dana Meekham's there with his auction, which has probably got the most cars. And he usually runs close to 1,000, 1,700 cars. Drew, I think, has like six or 700 cars. Um, Gooding has like 125 cars, maybe. And then there's RM Auction. They've got probably 125. And Bottoms had uh, 125 cars or something like that. But what happened was is the, the big, the big, big, big talk, the big scuttlebutt at uh, Monterey this week was uh, Bottoms Auction because they had this collection of 10 Ferraris from uh, Italy. And the one car, which is probably the most valuable car on the planet. Years ago, it used to be the Bugatti Royale, and there was like six of those made, and they were bringing millions. Today, that's chump change, okay? A million bucks wouldn't even buy you a beater Ferrari anyway, today's market. And Ferraris is the hype, okay? Which, for some reason, that Ferrari hype started, that myth started back in the uh, late 80s. When Enzo Ferrari passed away in 87 or 86, whenever it was, suddenly the Ferrari market started creeping up. Creep, 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 creep. So a uh, Ferrari 365 Daytona, for example, in 1989, was selling for $300,000. Then when the market tanked in the 90s, that same car you could buy for $50,000, $60,000. Then in 97, it creeped up a little over 100000 And then it tanked a little bit. And then up around 2007, the market got high again, and that car was around... 180, 200,000. Now, that very same car is a seven, eight hundred thousand dollar car. And what's interesting is you have a number of auctions. You've got Rick Cole's auction, who had a Daytona. You had RM, who had one. And you had Gooding, who had one. And I'm not sure if Meekham's had one or not. Bottoms had one. So, all four of these auctions, these are the prestigious auctions. They all had Daytonas. They sold between six hundred and nine hundred thousand dollars for the same car. Now, what determines the value? Options, pedigree, ownership color, things of that nature, okay? You know, the lowest of mileage, obviously, a really cool car. And you know what? Ferrari Red and Ferrari Daytona Yellow aren't necessarily the most popular colors. They're popular, and they're traditional, but they aren't necessarily the most popular colors because sometimes the blues and sometimes the uh, silvers actually, hit, you know, ring the bell, so to speak, like this, see? Did I just ring the bell? Okay, there. Uh, I, I, no, I, I just threw that ding, in. Cause ding, the, ding. Ding, Because the bell just happened to sit in front of me. Okay. But, the, so the, 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 the car that everybody was talking about was the 1962 or 3 Ferrari GTO that was a former race car that was crashed, fixed, then sold, then crashed, then fixed again. And the most recent sale about three years ago on a Ferrari 250 GTO, and they made 36 of them or so, was $50 million. Now, that was not at an auction. That was an unofficial number. And, of course, there's 36 of them, and there's probably there's more than 36 billionaires on the planet. So if you're one of the hundreds and hundreds of billionaires out there and you want to 
Ferrari GTO in your collection because you have other Ferraris, you're going to pay 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. The opening bid was supposedly 50 million dollars. That didn't happen. And then the projected sale was around 75 or 80, which all the Ferrari people that own GTOs were kind of frothing at the bit. Now, one of the uh, uh, a most notable owner of a Ferrari GTO is a guest that's been on our show, and that's Nick Mason, who's the drummer for Pink Floyd. He bought his car for some crazy amount of money, which was less than $100,000, I believe, back in the 70s or 80s, and people thought he was nuts. Well, it turned out that was a good investment because that car's worth $50 million plus. But anyway, so the car sold... It rang the bell at $34 million. Sold, so, 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 sold. So $34 million. Now, everybody was depressed. So you had one side of the table, they're saying, oh, my God, the Ferrari market's crashing. On the other side, saying, well, that's a good thing, because now maybe the, the, the Ferrari market is leveling off, and maybe the cars are going to be somewhat more affordable. So we thought, because that was the first auction that uh, kicked off with the real high-end stuff prior to Goodings and prior to uh, RM's auction. So guess what? RM's auction takes place. They set record numbers. Goodings auction takes off. They set record numbers. A 250 GT short wheelbase Ferrari. They made a long wheelbase and a short wheelbase, and they were like 60-61. That is, if you remember the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he was in a borrowed... You know what you got to do? You got to, you know, what was that theme song where they played in there? You know, that, you know, maybe you can find that. Chris. No, 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 no. When he, when they were taken off in the car, you know, that, oh, when they took the, when they took the Ferrari. Yeah. We need to play that while I talk to you. We got to find that somewhere. Ferris Bueller's deal. But anyway, so this, this red Ferrari, okay, short wheelbase, California Spider, the projected, now keep in mind, four years ago, that was a $2 million car. And people were just like in awe. The projected value of that car in the auction book was 13 to 15 million dollars. What did it sell for? 15 million plus. And it didn't even, it wasn't slow. It just went, you know, 6 million, 7 million, 8 million, 9 million, 10 million, 11 million, 12 million, 13 million, 13, 5, 14, 14, 5. 14.6, 14.7. Think about that. These guys are bidding $100,000 increments. Most of us don't make that kind of money in a year, much less two, three, four, five years. And then stop and think about this. The commission on that car, $15 million. If the commission is, let's just say, 1%, 1%, that's 150 grand. Usually it's 3 and 4 and 5%. It's been as high as 10%. But the seller pays and the buyer pays. Okay, so depending on the car, you know they negotiate a deal, and I don't know the particulars on that. But let's just say it was let's just say it was ten percent. So on a fifteen million dollar car, if ten percent commission was paid in and out, that's one point five million dollars just in commissions. Mind-boggling, mind-boggling. But the European cars went crazy. Just to give you some numbers here, I'm uh, I, I was at Rick Cole's auction. Because we were hanging around with those guys. But, for example, he sold a Maserati Ghibli Spider for $715,000. Okay? He sold a 1969 Boss 429. A really, really, really nice car. $275,000. I took pictures of this car. That car was put together so well, it was literally blueprinted. All the gaps, all the seams, everything on that car was perfect. It was Porsche perfect. That's how well this car was put together. It was incredible. So it's just it's just mind-boggling how 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 these cars are and they truly are perfect. But here's the thing that shocked everybody. Lately in the last 2-3 years and you've heard me talk about this cuz I'm a barn find survivor survivor car kind of, you know, preservation kind of car guy. So lately what's been showing up at some of these auctions is 300 SLs, Ferrari 365 GTSs, um, BMW 507s. There was a Jag 120 there that just was covered in dirt and mud and ripped top and everything like that and the leather seats. Survivor cars, for some strange reason, in this caliber, this arena, are bringing almost as much and in some cases more than restored cars because, again, they're only original ones. Hey, you know what? We're going to take a break here. I think we got a guest coming on the line here in a second, but we're going to go to a music, another song out of the 60s. This is one of my favorites. It's uh, San Francisco by Scott McKenzie. So, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm the boss with the sauce. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
Wrong. What? Not here. We're not leaving the car here. Why not? Because we're not. I want the car back home where it belongs, right now. Come on, let's go. Cameron, what's gonna happen to it? It's in the garage. It could get wrecked, stolen, scratched, breathed on wrong, a pigeon could on it, who knows? Listen, will you calm down, please? I'm gonna give the guy a fiver to watch him. Look at it. Hey, how you doing? You speak English? Uh, what country do you think this is? Okay, listen, uh, I want you to take extra special care of this vehicle. Okay? Hey, no problem. Great. Trust me. Sir. Come on. Come. I'm nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. Professional what? See what a Finsky can do to a guy's attitude? Cameron, come on. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire, host of Car Crazy Television, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thanks, Barry. Now, if you caught that little clip, we actually changed something real quick, and we played that one scene from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he rolled into the parking garage with the pseudo Ferrari 250GT California Spider and uh, and uh, left it there, and then, of course, the guys take off for a ride in that Anyway, so back to the auction numbers. Uh, it was crazy. A Tucker, okay? A Tucker brought $2 million. But here's the odd stuff about some of this auction stuff. And what's happening in some of these cars is some of these cars are becoming a commodity. And this is what you have to watch out for. A couple of years ago, I was at an auction in uh, Fort Lauderdale. at West. At, uh, it's called Auctions America, which is owned by RM. And they had a funky colored, kind of a purple lavender colored Mercedes 190 SL. That car sold for some insane amount of money, close to 250000 or whatever it was. And a 190 SL is not exactly the coolest car. I mean, it's a neat-looking car. It's reminiscent of a 300 SL Roadster or Gullwing, but it's a four-cylinder car. It's extremely weak in the power department, but it's a nice car. It's a nice driving car, but it's very slow, and the brakes aren't that great. But it's a Mercedes, and they built them from 55 to, like, 60, 61, somewhere around, maybe 62 even. Anyway, so the exact same car winds up at uh, Gooding's auction this year, and it kind of fell short. It just did a little over, uh, it was way under $200,000. So it goes to show you, you just don't know. There was a uh, Maserati 3500, okay, 1959 3500 Spider. Beautiful car, beautiful car, built by um, Carrozzeria di Turin in uh, Turin, Italy. And it's what they call the Super Allegra body. And uh, all hand-built aluminum car. And the, and the joke is, with Italian cars, when these guys are restoring them, is back in the day, Vito and Luigi were drinking their vino, you know? So, like, when they would go to lunch, and they'd come back, and they'd be working on the car, and they'd switch sides. So what would happen is the right fender might be just a little off from the left fender until they get to where the headlight assembly bolts in. And then they figured, well, we can just kind of grind on this since it's aluminum. We can beat on it a little bit, and we'll make it fit. So none of those cars back in the day, since they were hand-built, are totally 100% symmetrical. But the cars that they put together today on these show fields are absolutely 100% better than perfect. They are mere, literally, mere finish quality. Hey, we got a guest on the line? We got a friend of mine, a real good friend of mine. I'd like to introduce my good buddy, Mike Flynn. He's the president of Hollywood Car Auctions and uh, Festivals of Speed. Mike, are you there? You were out in Monterey with us. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, Robert, first off, you know, I'm kind of back in the land of, of the normal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but I'll say this. You know, Monterey is one thing. It's beautiful cars, beautiful weather, and beautiful people. And, you know, I think at any level, um, Robert, we need to thank Monterey for what happens out there because 
I know the cars you like and the cars I like. Obviously, we, we, we like them at that level, and, and we can afford them at this level. But I think one thing Monterey does, it shows the fact that, A, the collector car hobby is alive and well. I think it shows it's a safe, sound investment. And when you see guys participating at the level that the participation was out there at 5 10 20 30 $40 million, um, we should feel good about that. We should feel that, you know, our passion is safe, our, our hobby is safe, and the cars we love um, at any level is a sound investment. So I was I was really excited to see what, what took place. I think that if you and I ever go to Monterey, and I know you've been going for years and I've been going, and, you know, if we ever go out there and, and see a train wreck or catastrophe, I think that's when we all need to start to worry. Yeah, but you know what? Like I was just starting to talk about this Maserati 3500 prototype. Two, last year, that car sold for a million three at Gooding. This year, RM had the same car and it sold. It barely cracked a million. But last year, total sales were two hundred ninety-eight million, and I said that the projection was three hundred fifty million. I just got the reports a few minutes ago, and you probably had the same one I did. They hit close to four hundred and. $400 million total sales for all the auctions that this past week. Well, you, you know, Rob was up $20 million. I didn't know how he would ever top the $125 million he did in, you know, in two days with 120 or 125 cars, and he was up $20 million. And, uh, you know, you've seen Bonhams uh, come from left field to the forefront, you know, obviously with that collection they secured, and, and obviously the top sale at $38 million, which includes the buyer premium uh, with that GTO Ferrari. Um, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, I look at the really, really big and the really, really good. And, and if, if them guys are making the investment in those cars, I think it shows, again, that, um, you know, classic cars are not only uh, um, a great place to put your money, but we all know the camaraderie. I mean, it was a great weekend. Um, I know you were everywhere. I tried to be everywhere. And everywhere you went, it didn't matter what level of car those people were in. They were willing to talk, socialize, and, and, and spend time with you just talking about their hobby and passion. I think that's pretty cool. It really is. It really was. Now, you went to the races. What what went on over there? I missed that. Or you were there for what? Uh, test and tune day, so to speak? You were on Friday. Well, I went out Friday. You know, it's a little more relaxed. Some guys are out there, you know, testing and hot lapping and getting ready for the races on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I spent a lot of time in the pits and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time just looking at the cars, and, you know, it still amazes me that, um, you know, obviously going back to Bonham with a $38 million sale on a 62 GTO Ferrari, and, and I'm out there watching a 62 GTO Ferrari run around that track, um, you know, just as hard as it just as hard as hard it can go, and, and it's pretty amazing. So, no, the track was, uh, was exciting. I think the uh, weather obviously was beautiful, and, and everybody was out there enjoying what they enjoy and they're putting those cars through the paces of what they were born to do they uh you know at the end of the day let's not forget a lot of that stuff that's bringing this kind of money um they were just race cars and uh it's kind of neat to see them back doing what they were born to do tell us about some of the other auctions you went to did you go to did you you went to meekums right i went out to dana's yeah i went to meekums for a while and uh you know dana had a big influx of uh european sports cars which I think he needs out there. Um, obviously, Dana's the king of the muscle car in the Corvette world. He cut his teeth, and, and he's done very well. And since TVs, he's excelled rapidly. But, you know, he changed it up a little. I think he needed, you know, he had a lot of Porsches and uh, Mercedes and, and some uh, pre-war stuff. And, um, you know, it was kind of exciting to see him bring some of that stuff to the Monterey Peninsula, which, you know, obviously those people out there are, are, are looking for. Did you? Uh, what's the pulse on the muscle car market? What's your thoughts on that right now? Let's let's get in the real I, world. I, well, you know, you know, Robert, I, I'm a firm believer. High tide, all boats rise. Okay. You know, we've seen a uh, '71 Hemi Cuda convertible sell for three and a half million uh, a couple of months ago in Seattle at Dana Sale. We've seen uh, uh, L88 sell for two to three million. Uh, Dana sold a uh, '68, I think, for half a million. Um, I think the muscle car market is live and well. Again, we all invest or covet how we were raised around or whatever. And whether you like Mopar, Chevy, Fords, what it is, I think when you see those European sports cars and and uh, being sold and, and at that kind of level, I think we feel safe at, at investing in, in what we kind of grew up around. So I, I think it's 
you know, I think it's. I think there's a lot more of the other product, the muscle car product out there. So maybe you don't see quite the rapid. Uh, but when you look at the really good documented bosses and Shelbys and the stuff you like and the Mopars and the stuff I like, I, I think they're on the move. I, I think you, you, you see it, um, you know, by that documented stuff, bringing some crazy numbers. So it's exciting. Well, like uh, at Russo's, they had a 7442W30 loaded car optioned heavily and uh, good documentation, automatic car, brought 100 and change, a 70 Shelby, Fastback, just a nice survivor car, bought 80, and then a uh, 68 Shelby GT350 automatic on the floor, our automatic air car, brought 100. So that was kind of encouraging. It was kind of encouraging. You know, the Corvettes were bringing strong. But the thing that blew my mind was the Sunbeam Tiger for $149,000. Yeah, remember when we could buy them for 15 and 25 grand, and, and we should have bought a barn full of them then. Holy jeez. So what do you got on your uh, plate? You got some stuff on the table there, too. You got your auctions coming up, okay? It's going to be... Yeah, yeah, we're going we're going back in. It's going to be our third year going into second year for an auction, but their third year for Festival Speed at Amelia Island. That's exciting. Uh, you know, uh, Amelia Island is finally we got everybody realizing it's good to grow, and we got Bonhams coming in this year. That'll be a four-auction four total, and, you know, we're excited about going back uh, to the Omni, to the ballrooms with our sale. And, you know, Festival Speed is getting ready to kick its season off. We, we start in Orlando. Again, it's our ninth year at the uh, Ritz-Carlton, and, and that's exciting. We have a couple new dates we're announcing, a new venue in Miami that's going to be announced shortly, coming in January. Uh, it's going to be a big, big uh, venue deal down there, so look forward to that. Uh, I do want to say one thing real quick. Sure, go ahead. I think, I think you see by the level of investment that these guys are doing in the European sports car that it was time that the old regime had to pay notice to. And you know, as well as I know, it's been 50 years since you've seen a post-war car win best of show at Pebble Beach. Right. And I think that it was due. I think that it was, um, you know, we all love our Packards and our Duesenbergs and our French cars and, and, and all that kind of big stuff. Um, I think at the level of the way that the uh, the market is going, those guys need to be able to get recognition not only for their investment, but just for the rarity and the quality and the absolutely um, stunning cars uh, in which they have. So I think that was, uh, I think that's going to break the mold. I think that's going to open up to other concours around, and I've been frequenting a bunch of them over the summer, and I think that kind of gives them the green light to, you know, maybe even start looking at the 50 convertibles, uh, which, you know, I love so much and, and some of that stuff. So I kind of I was excited about that. Well, that's interesting because Bill Warner's uh, event, Amelia Island, he he has had some post-war cars in there where Pebble Beach, like you said, traditionally has always pre-war, you know, the Duesenbergs, the Delahays, the Delages, the Bugattis, and cars like that, the Franchitis, and uh, interesting stuff. What do you, uh, are you going, are you going to the big auction at the end of the month or that big uh, deal up there in, uh, where is it, Connecticut, the, where the Ralph Lauren collection is going to be? what I'm kind of thinking right, right now is you have Auburn Labor Day weekend, and normally I'm always there, but, uh, you know, we're working hard for, to be in front of the customers that that are Amelia Island and you know I know most of the guys uh that that'll be at the uh the Auburn auction and I'm kind of thinking maybe um Lime Rock um they're featuring uh, Ralph Lauren's collection of cars and Sterling Moss is going to be the MC I guess or the or the or the guest of honor and you know back to the vintage race you know I spent a lot of time with them guys and those guys that race million dollar cars have million dollar collections and um, it's kind of exciting to be around some of that stuff. So I'm kind of torn right now. You know, obviously I've been gone a lot, and it's also nice to get home. The kids started school on Monday, and, and that's real exciting for me too. So I'm, I'll get it figured out this week. Super. All right. Hey, Mike, go ahead and plug your uh, website real quick so people can find out more about Festivals of Speed and Hollywood Car Auctions. Well, real quick, hollywoodwheels.com, very simple, festivalsofspeed.com. Um, you know, come out, show your car. We do jetport parties. We do wine dinners. Show your car, sell your car, buy car your dreams. Either way, we can kind of, we got it all in one, and we'll be glad to see you and help you any way we can. Super. Well, Mike, thanks for calling in, and uh, I'll see you sometime this week. Not a problem, Robert. We'll catch up. Okay, take care. Yep, bye-bye. Anyway, how are we doing here on time, Chris? Uh, we're good. We're winding down. We got about two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Well, you heard it from Mike, my good buddy, Mike Flynn, Hollywood Car Auctions. Don't forget, Hollywood Car Auctions, great auction. Guess what? I actually worked there part-time. I'm like uh, one of his subs. And, of course, Festivals of Speed. I also do that event, too. So be sure to check out Festivals of Speed. Those are great events. Usually when they have them here at St. Pete. 
yours truly is one of the judges, and occasionally I am C. So you don't want to miss that. You don't want me <laughs> want to miss me tripping over my words, talking real fast. Everybody goes, shh, slow down, Robert. Don't be talking Take that fast. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. <sighs> shh. You know what? I should have. Uh... Well, anyway, you know what? Everybody, if you can, you can. Squirrel away as much money as you possibly can. Save your money. you got to get to Monterey. And if you can't get to Monterey, the closest thing to Monterey, and eventually is going to go big, just like Mike said, is Amelia Island. That's in March, the first weekend of March. We have four auctions now. We've got festivals of speed. You've got the concourse at Amelia Island. It is a fantastic event. You'll never, ever, ever get a chance and to see the cars there at those events like you will at Monterey and at Amelia Island. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into this. Uh, the, 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 That's all, folks. <laughs> I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into the Nostalgic Radio Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. Don't forget, if you missed any of our page, our uh, uh, Pat, past shows, you can see us on our, check it out on our podcast, uh, Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Golf Street Motorsports, and Nostalgic Radio Cars. In the meantime, I want to see some of you guys at some of the car shows. Don't forget, Clearwater Superboat Races, the end of September next month. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your families I found an island in your arms country in your eyes Telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you ten dollars if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.